This is Hospitality in Our Community, a podcast for industry by industry. Brought to you by TabCorp. Hospitality in Our Community is proudly brought to you by the Tasmanian Hospitality Association and TabCorp. Welcome to episode 14 of our THA podcast. We're up here at Country Club Casino for the THA Foundation Annual Golf Day. It's a massive day for our foundation. Um, it's a big fundraiser for us. Um, we're going to hopefully raise a lot of money tonight not only through the golf day day but we're going to have a dinner tonight with an auction a raffle and a few other things and we've got a fantastic sports panel as well which is going to be great so Rains, how'd you hit him today mate my side was very very ordinary i'm going to call out steve long and my team they're very ordinary today i probably hit it as well as i've ever hit it how'd your team go yeah so with the likes of um uh dabner and benny carter that mate to be honest i i hit a fair few um very very good uh good four irons Actually, today got close to the pins and on a few of them. Didn't come over the chocolates. Uh, but I tell you what, while I was out there, uh, I had a couple of near misses with the likes of blokes like um, Richo, the big, uh, the, the, the great man. We did have Manny Richardson out there. He's a guest of Lion today, so it was great to have him. And I saw Don Baker rolling around with the cricket stars. I think we had Damien Wright, uh, George Bailey, Coyley. Uh, I think Lion had uh, Griffo with him. Uh, it was yep. fantastic to see those guys rolling around the course. And I guess the major part of those guys is that they've, they've given their day to come and be part of our Foundation Golf Day, which, as I said, our Foundation Golf Day raises money for kids and families in need right around the state. It's our big fundraiser for the year. And these guys have given up their time to be here today with us. Um, and we yep. just really thank those guys. George has only just come back from Canada. Griffo's come back from, I think, England and uh, Northern Territory with cricket. Uh, Roddy's got a busy job now. Uh, Coyley actually works up here at Country Club. So I think Dominic summoned him as part of his overtime time to be here tonight but uh, those guys don't have to give up their time we've got THA president Paul Jarb we've got Dom, John Dabner off our board we've got Ben Carpenter off the board Phil Fulsang Martin yep. Kelly Don Baker it's great to see yeah over half of our board here tonight supporting as well and um, a fair few of our team at the THA mate so it's been fantastic to have him here as well helping out for the foundation mate it'll be really really interesting tonight when we go into the um, into the ballroom here at the country club um, to listen to I think Dom's getting up all those guys you just spoke about and also Jess Gallagher so Jess Gallagher for those people that don't realize um, she won a bronze medal in down in the Paralympics in downhill skiing so that's where you're, you're going at 100 clicks and she's got someone talking in her ear turning around saying turn left right you know go straight unbelievable but then she she diversified and went to um, the actual summer Olympics and she won a medal as well um, in cycling I think so it, it should be interesting to um, to listen to as well tonight, uh, mate. The, the other thing is, corporate suppliers, our corporate supporters, have you know you got PFD Foods, you, you've said Line, you've said CUB, um, you got Tassel, um, Pete Handy, one of our men um, today was was out on course cooking prawns from Tassel, um, salmon from Tassel. That was delicious. Did you get a bite of that? Did. I did, and Coca-Cola and Treasury Wine were our other partners who have been fantastic supporters of the day. So, yes, Tassel, once again, Tassel and PFD, hats off to them. Uh, Tom McGinn, Kylie Baxter, um, supplying all the product for us today food-wise, and it said CUB, Lion, Coca-Cola and Treasury Wine with a donated product, and they donated some product for tonight as well, which is just fantastic and helps make a night of it. And I actually saw just a while ago too, Rones, that um, our ex-premier of Tasmania, Paul Lennon, is actually floating around up here tonight as well. So we, we uh, I did 
did actually have a quick chat to him a while ago. We got, we're not going to get him on this episode, no. but he has committed to having coffee with Aldi in one of the next couple of episodes. So right. stay tuned for a chat with Paul. I used to work with Paul. I was one of his advisors, but Paul is a very, very smart, if not the smartest political mind you'll see. And uh, he's got he's doing a new business now. He does a fair bit of consulting. It'll be great to chat to Paul about a few things coming up as well. Um, but we won't do that this time. This is all about our THA Foundation Golf Day. As I said, uh, it wasn't the greatest day for my team. We weren't in the prizes. I think there was prizes down to about 15 and we still missed out. Still but, ducked um, out. Still ducked out. But anyway, that's the way it goes. Um, but the day is all about raising money for kids and families in need. So it's been a great day. Um, we look forward to tonight's uh, dinner. We've got a fantastic, as you say, crew of sports people to talk to. It's going to be really exciting. It's going to be a great night. And we just want to make sure that... Um, it raises as much money through the auction and raffle as we can for our THA Foundation. I think also today we, we, we actually rolled in uh, one of our board members to interview Richo. So we got Don Baker out on course. So you and I have come just come in and we've heard the results. But um, I've been told that Dom earlier on today interviewed Richo. So that'll be really, really interesting in this episode. Richo's a fantastic supporter of our foundation too and Lion brings him down to a lot of our events. He had to go home already so he's not going to be at our dinner tonight which is a bit of a shame but to Richo, thanks very much for the support Richo gives us at all our different events. Um, he's a fantastic supporter of everything the THA does. So again, uh, this is episode 14. Looking forward to putting this one together. There's uh, Richo's interview. We've got a couple of other good interviews coming up. You'll hear some interviews from people on the course as well. And obviously we just want to thank our major partner of this one, Tabcor. Tabcor is our major partner of the THA podcast. So without Tabcor, as I've said a number of times, we couldn't do this. So to um, Dave Dicker, Marcus Welsh, Cashy, the whole team at Tabcor, we just want to say a really big thank you. Um, fantastic supporters of the THA podcast. I think we're up, we're in at our runs. I think we're about the 5,000 just under the 5,000 uh, listeners to our podcast. So, mate, we need to get up over the 5,000. This is yeah. going unbelievably well. But to all our listeners and subscribers, come on, get it out there, share it with a friend, share it with a family, share it with someone. We need to get the listeners up. You don't have to be just in the industry to listen to our podcast. It's all about interesting stories, political stories. We are going to uh, start getting down the road again um, and talking to some key politicians, but other people right around this great state of ours. So we need to get the listenership up. What, what's our aim, mate? We want to get up to 10,000 by what, Christmas? Uh, Christmas will be good, 10,000, mate. We're at, uh, last I looked, the counter just flicked over again. It's 4,797. So, um, mate, I'll tell you what, we are well on track to 10,000. So, 10,000, I suppose we'll have, they'll probably, if we can do it right, we'll have a party in uh, in February at, oh, I don't know, what about um, Bogues just before um, Lonnie Cup? We could, we could do a bit of a bit of a function, and and I mean, so we're up near the five thousand. There's a few people who've tried to imitate the podcast of ours since. I mean, you're not oh. as good as the originals, but I mean, they're out there. So what are we? We need five thousand in what? We've episode fourteen, so we've done yep. thirteen episodes. We're up near five thousand. Let's make sure by Christmas we get up to ten thousand subscribers to our podcast. We'd really like to see that. So please get on board. We've got some fantastic things coming up. This episode is going to be another cracker. It's all about our THA Foundation and helping kids and families in need in the, in this great state of ours. So. Thanks, Rones. It's going to be an uh, enjoyable evening tonight, and I'm just going to go and have a shower, and then we'll get ready for a big night. A word from our sponsor, Tabcorp. It's our mission to drive commercial success through championing social and sustainable ways to play. Delivering outstanding customer experiences today and into the future is what drives us. Have a coffee with Aldi. 
Righty, if you can hear some noise in the background, we've just got the uh, raffle going up here at our Foundation Golf Day. But coffee with Aldi today. It's a bit more like beer with Aldi, to be honest, this one. So this is one of my great mates and a guy that I used to do a show called Grumpy Guys on Triple M with a bit. But a lot of our listeners, or all of our listeners, I reckon, will know this man. He's the ex-Tigers, ex-Hurricanes, ex-Tassie cricketer, but just a great Tasmania, great man. Damien Wright, welcome, Righty. Ah, uh, cheers, Aldi. No doubt about you, mate. This is, I, I miss these um, the Grumpy Guys segment. I was never called Grumpy Guys with me and you, though, was it? No, well, we couldn't we, get you we, to be we, grumpy. You were, we called right. Smiley Guys yeah, with we, you. We had to change it, didn't we, mate? But, so we're um, thinking about how we can mean uh, Rones. We can get you on as a regular on this podcast because, mate, <laughs> we love you, Roddy. You're, you're a great Tasmanian. You're a great man. And, uh, mate, let's, so let's Thanks, go back mate. to a bit of conversation. Today, golf. Yeah, yeah look, um, it was brilliant. I, um, uh, I had a, uh, a fantastic day playing golf with my ex-coach in Timmy Coyle and George Bailey, who's a, uh, a wonderful fellow mate that I've played a bit of cricket with over the years. And um, and then had Dominic Baker, who we, we pretty much carried for the uh, the entire round. But um, No surprise. No, nah, exactly. But, uh, look, mate, we had a fantastic day. We um, we took it out. Did, uh, has anyone mentioned that yet? Well, and I noticed how quickly Dom jumped first out of his seat to, to go and grab the first prize. Yeah, I noticed that, yeah, too. But, um, mate, it was it was fantastic. I think um, had a great day, mate. Um, hit a few out of the middle, hit a few really bad shots as well. But and funny enough, in these uh, Ambrose events, all you need is someone to do something on the hole. And, yep. mate, we had one of those days, I have to say. But um, and generally it was from me. You yeah, know, well, sorry. Yeah. As but it was expected. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Bad or ball, you'll come to the goods. <laughs> that's it, yeah. But, no, it was brilliant, mate. I had a fantastic time with, uh, with some guys that I hadn't seen, certainly hadn't seen Coyley or, or George for a little while. And... Yeah. Um, was brilliant, mate. Had a, had a ball. So just cut to a bit of Ashes because obviously it's topical at the moment as we tape this. We've just finished the Ashes uh, match three the other day where we uh, we got done. Now, I know you're a close mate of Paney's. You would have chatted to him since the day. Yeah. Obviously, he's mega disappointed, but handled himself really well. How's he going? Yeah, mate, he's going all right, oldie, you know. He's, um, he's, a, he's really come... A long way, I reckon, since taking over the captaincy. I mean, I um, I had him captain of the Hurricanes and stuff like that, and he's a really passionate guy, and as you know him as well, mate, and he's, you know, he, he wants to win at all costs and all that sort of thing. What he has, um, I reckon, been really, really good at with this Australian team is to be able to just sort of deal with the setbacks and the, and the hits and all that and keep rolling forward. And I think in the past with us, with the Hurricanes, we lost some games by one run, you know, famous one in Adelaide Oval one night. Um, and, and, you know, again, he was um, it's really sort of quite aggressive with things towards the end of that, you know, and, and didn't handle that sort of side of things. And the other night I saw him do the press conference after one of the most amazing games of cricket we'll ever see really um i thought he was just outstanding um and then i realized again mate i always thought he's going to be the right leader for this team now for now um but after that pressy the other night mate i you know i thought mate he is just outstanding and the, the reason being he, he's he's literally right up where it we, we we didn't do things well there in the in the um under the pressure cooker we need to go forward now and i reckon you know coming to these next two tests mate he'll have them firing is it Look, you're, he is a close mate of yours, so it must be frustrating when you listen to... And you dealt with it, mate, when you played cricket and you were a cricket coach. Some of these clown ex-players, mm. you know, commentators who want to have a crack and want to be the experts on everything, and hindsight's a wonderful thing, but I was listening the other night where they wanted to have a crack at him about the the um, yeah. the appeal, you know, he did it towards the end. Now, I heard another journo say, you know, Cummings basically said, it pitched in line, but I think he hit it, and Paney said, no, he definitely didn't hit it. And, yeah, they, they reviewed it or whatever they did. 
any captain would have done that. You know, I know Payne, he's Australian captain, all that sort of stuff, but from your days as a, as a, um, you know, a great cricketer and coach, how frustrating is it to listen to those people that just love to sit on the sidelines and just have a crack? <laughs> Mate, it's, yeah, look, I think it's, it generally is the ones that have um, that been there, done that, and, you know, been in those pressured situations and, and whatnot, and, um, you know, I think it's their God-given right to sort of talk about that, and um, look, oh, yeah, it's it's frustrating, mate. And I've I've been on Twitter like everyone else, and and seen it, and and thought, Jesus, I'd love to say a few things. No, I won't. And Jesus, I'm I'm so glad that I don't do it. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm I'm happy to sort of have a bit of banter and a bit of fun, and um, you know, that sort of thing on there. But when you see, you know, the, the um the the comments, and you know, and oh, I should have done this, and why did he do that? Why did he set the field out? Why did he? You know, Jesus, what I would say to most of them is say, well, under that sort of immense pressure, um, the Ashes is on the line. You know, um, a guy is going absolutely sick with the bat in, in Stokesy. You know, you, just an incredible innings, mate. It's bloody hard to stop. And you've got to take the time to think about, you know, what's next. You've got to, as captain, mate, you've got to be four or five overs in front of that game. And, you know, when that crowd's going mad like they were the other night um it's bloody hard to even think about what's next you know and with that review i, I really felt for him i really did because i mean i like you older you would have stayed up as well mate um it was at a time in that game where he it was more of a desperation to say mate tell me it was out please yep. you know and he said oh you know i think he's hit it that's pat cummins trying to tell his captain that I'm not sure, you know, and he's under pressure too. Yep. He's painting going, mate, this is our chance here, we've got to go. And, you know, you don't know what's next, mate. You don't know what's down the track. You don't know about that run out or then the very next ball. Yep. You just don't know what's in front of you. And at the time, mate, the pressure's on. Jesus, I, I really hoped it was hitting and we all knew it wasn't and we all thought, oh, don't, please don't, and he did it, you know. Yeah. It was, you just, your heart stopped. Yeah, and the review system, it's, I mean, everyone loves talking about the review system, but theory being, if the umpire knows that Australia's out of reviews, England's got one left, why doesn't the umpire in a situation like that that is so close, why doesn't the umpire say, I'm going to give it out, and if then England can review it because they've got to review if they don't believe it's out. <laughs> like, isn't that common sense? Yeah. Look, and again, that's been probably the um, uh, well, I think the most thing the the topic has been about the umpire and that decision, hasn't it? After the um, after the game and the aftermath and whatnot. But yeah, look, a, a, a good umpire, mate. And I'll say this: a good umpire actually gives that out. You know, um, a guy that's under the pump and he has and has and was in the first test. Got this test match. The, the crowd's going bananas. He's, you know, is he going to give it out? He just felt the pressure as well. Yeah. And I think he went that way knowing full well, um, it, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to sort of look after my best interest right now. And I, I know that's it's not the right thing to say here, but, uh, you know, again, he, he, he should have given it out, mate, and England would have reviewed it. Yeah. No that's doubt. Right. So I know jump around a bit, but you, as a coach, you went through this sort of stuff that Payne's just gone through. Social media, you just hit on a minute ago. Yeah. How big an impact does that have on coaches, players, etc.? Because you can't. I know I hear players and coaches say, "Oh, just don't read the paper, ignore Twitter, whatever." You can't do that in today's society. You coached for a long time and you were very successful, but you go through ups and downs because every coach or player does. How hard is it to ignore those sort of comments or put them aside? So how hard is it for Payne now to go? I've just got to park that aside yeah. and move on to the next game, or is that? what true leaders just have to do 
Yeah, it's really tough, Aldi. It's really tough. I think it's one part of the job that I never really expected. Um, certainly from a coaching perspective, um, you've got enough to worry about with, you know, managing players and, you know, and, and care to, you know, everyone on the board and whoever else is involved. And um, then you're, then you're, sort of social media side of things it's it's heavy mate because everybody and all you all you've got to do is actually think about they're just all passionate they're all supporters they want they want the best for their team and um and the funny thing in australia mate in particular we've got it and i think in england too we've got to blame someone for it to be able to put it to bed and yep. and sometimes as coach or as captain you're at the front of the ship mate you've got to wear it and yep. it's not easy but yeah you're right mate I, I think a lot of the players these days are, are um uh are witness to it mate they're, they're they're on instagram they're on twitter they're on facebook they're on whatever but going back to tim mate and, and your question he um when he first went over for this Ashes series, um, I was talking to him quite a bit before the first test um, at Edgebaston, and he said the build-up to this test series was incredible with the press and the media, and they all went after him big time, tried to get under his skin. Yep. And, and again, you know, um, we talk about our press being, you know, pretty ruthless yep. um, when uh, touring teams come out, but, mate, the England press is incredible. Well, there'd be a thousand of them. Yeah, they're, they're everywhere, aren't they? That's right. And, and he just said, mate, I said, how you going, mate? And he just said, look, he said, right, it's, um, it's incredible how hard they've gone for me to try and say that I shouldn't be in the team. Um, so he had it for the probably weeks yep, out yep. Um, in the build-up, mate. So he had enough behind him to sort of go, all right, that's what I'm going to cop. Yeah, I'm going to. I've got time to digest that, and I'm going to come back with these response. And I don't know if you saw, mate, but that press conference before that test, yeah, um, I thought he was hilarious. I thought yeah. it was funny. It was Tim Payne sitting at the table having an argument with Nick, his brother. <laughs> you know, um, but he has handled himself amazingly well, though. Yeah, he? but he. But again, mate, he's had. Um, he had a few weeks to sort of like get over there with the A team and. And uh, and the papers just started, mate. And they went for him, you know. They they said, "How's this bloke playing?" And you know, try to get under the skin of the captain. Um, you know, it's pretty. I mean, when you think about it, it's not a bad boy to try and get in under the skin of a bloke that's, you know, been sort of put in a position where you know Steve Smith and and Warner and Bancroft and all this sort of stuff. Yep. Um, but mate, I, like I said, I just said, "How you going, mate?" He just said, "It's been unbelievable how yep. they've gone so hard for me." And, yeah. and he had a bit of time to to deal with it and I think he's been just absolutely brilliant yeah so have mate personally so have you bounced back because I know you and me used to catch up a bit we've done radio but one of the hardest things I remember from my personal experience was seeing you the first week or two after you you know you lost the cricket job because you were so passionate about it and stuff but the one thing no one would ever know about you is you don't ever drop your smile you don't yeah. ever drop your guard everyone just sees you know happy-go-lucky righty you know he's the great man how are you going now? Because I know you've got a great job. You're doing really well on that. But do you miss cricket? Yeah, I, I mean, do. I mean the top level. Because I know you're still involved with union stuff at cricket. But yeah, yeah, it's I do, mate. And um, you probably saw me, you and and Dom and and Daz are sitting over here doing the uh, like the DJ here on the, everything. But um, you guys probably saw me at a, at a period where I was probably at my lowest, to be honest. Um, and I was grateful to have that support and and whatnot. So I think, mate, we just touched on social media and things like that. Um, it's funny, but when I did lose my job with the Hurricanes first, um, that was that was a hard pill to swallow because I always felt like that we were just so close. You know, we we just didn't quite get it done. And um, so when I lost that that position, it was it was hard to take. But I always had the Tigers as well. And 
you know, and then two months down the track, I lose that as well. Um, to have two hammer blows like that to me and, and and doing a job that I loved and I was really passionate about, I never, and as you do as coaches, and I, I know, you know, AFL coaches will tell you, but you, it's not forever, but you don't think it's going to happen to you. And then when it does, um, it's hard, mate, because you, you, you then go through a lot of self-doubt and all those sorts of things. And the biggest thing when I look back now, mate, um, about what was the hardest was that it was exactly what we just talked about with uh, with Paney, um, that it was the social media side of it. It was it was um, I had to deal with something that was really personal to me, but it was very public for everybody else. And um, to to go through that, mate, was a real challenge. I could deal with the fact that I'd lost my job, and you know, looking at sort of the performances and whatnot else. But what the hardest thing for me to deal with was that everybody else was reading about why I wasn't employed there anymore or why I wasn't going to coach. I was axed and, you know, and um, it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't a private matter, mate. It was, yeah. it was out there for everyone to see. So how hard was that on your wife? I know your wife plays pretty much a background job and Mason, your young, ripping young son, he's only young, so he wouldn't be on social media, but did it have an impact on your wife and family as well? Yeah, it's a great question, mate. And my, my wife was just incredible. Um, she was just such a great support. She has been the whole time, but um, she was terrific. Um, really sort of could understand the fact that it was what I was going through and, and then would let me sort of, um, was, you know, go through that process and grieve if you like. It, it wasn't like I lost a loved one, but it was certainly time to go and do that. Um, and then, righto, enough's enough pick yourself up and let's move on to something else so she was a real driver in me you know I guess all of us when we get a cold and flu oldie we're, we've got the worst thing in the world haven't yeah. we um and this was no different it was it was certainly like I've you know been the, the harshest done by bloke in the world um and inside my own four walls at home but my wife was the one to say no 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 come on it's time to move on yeah. um with, with in regards to my son um he just absolutely loves the game of cricket and uh, as you know you know him very well mate he's he's at the basketball all the time yeah. and um i try and take him and encourage him to go and meet you know everyone he can and he was the most devastated kid i've ever seen so that for me was probably the hardest thing to deal with as much as it was public about what i talked about before um it was actually the disappointment in his face that he couldn't go into the changes of the hurricanes anymore and feel like it was his home um that made it was bloody tough to you know explain that to him yeah and you bounce back because you're offered a job a lot of people probably don't know this but you're offered a job to coach the bangladesh under nine he's getting ready for the world cup the other year you went over to bangladesh for a few months yeah and i talked about the, i talked about that job to, with you mate yeah <laughs> and you did and you went to the yeah. bangladesh you, you coached them for months yeah then you went off to the bangladesh and took them to new zealand and you got them to the highest ranking spot they've ever got in a world cup outside of their home country That's so right, yeah that must have given you it must have been satisfying to you, but one, probably to the knockers to say, see, I know what I'm doing. Two, you've yeah. gone to probably one of the toughest parts of the world to do it. You know, it must have meant a lot to you. you. Did that tick a box for you to just say, look, that gave me the confidence? I don't mean this much. Just say, yeah. I do know what I'm doing. Yeah, mate, it did. I, I, um, it was funny how that sort of all come about. It was through Simon Helmet, who was my assistant coach um, for years at Victoria when I was playing there. And he was then the head coach of the Renegades. Then I, um, he lost his job. You know, he went through hell there at the Renegades losing his job where he'd done a fantastic job there with that group. Yeah, he did. So there was a position opened up with the Hurricanes with, with us and I said to him, mate, I, I, you know, if you're interested, I'd love to have you. And so um, 
just through friendship and whatever else and uh, he came over to the to the Hurricanes and we're great mates even today and then he went over to Bangladesh as the the um, he was running the high performance unit over there and he uh, he said mate listen there's a there's going to be an opportunity to coach these under 19 boys and get them ready for a world cup and in New Zealand where you've coached over there in the national team would you be interested and I was like at the time mate I was at the bottom of the barrel I really was and um, he was the only reason I went to do it so I think if it was um, Dominic Baker asked me to do it or you asked me to do it or you know Greg Shippard or Tim Coyle I'd say yes I'd do it but at the time was anyone else mate I probably would have said no and I'm so glad to this day that I did it because um, it, it allowed me to go back over and see what that game of cricket is all about and how much love these people have for that game and they have absolutely nothing in their lives other than cricket and I was just gobsmacked mate and I, I got an opportunity to work with some great kids some probably the most talented kids that I've ever seen um, at that age group. That's be cool. Yeah, and and I was just amazed. You know, there's a kid called Afif. He was just Afif Hassan. He was just an amazing player, and he'll be a boy that you'll see later on, no doubt about it. And little fella, but left-handed, could just hit the ball out of the ground and and bowl great off spin, and just a wonderful little athlete. You know, but I, I, it was a great experience, mate. But a very tough one being away from home yeah. and I'd never been to Bangladesh before and going over to somewhere where I knew it was going to be pretty tough um, I'd been to India and I'd been to Pakistan and all that but Bangladesh just had a different feel about it mate it was so overpopulated and a really really hot and, and a hard place to be the hotels were fine um, but to travel 10 kilometres mate took you about an hour and a half so I was in the car every day to go to a ground that was 15 k's away, mate. I was in the car for three and a half hours a day, um, just going, you know, that distance. Yeah. And then we live in Tassie where it's just amazing, you know. We, it's 10 minutes to go anyway. Yeah, so, that's right. Um, but mate, it was it was great, and, and I, I look back now and think, thank God I did that because it allowed me to sort of deal with my own demons um, and get the love of the game back. So what are you doing now? Now you work wise, you're with Bunzel. Yeah, I'm with Bunzel. Yeah, they're incredibly flexible with my um, my, <laughs> my job, and I'm not too sure they know about it, Aldi. But, <laughs> but they're um, they've been great, mate. I I was um, I was given a uh, an opportunity to go and work in a different field altogether, mate. I've been involved in cricket since 1997, um, right up until last year. So or a year and a half ago now, and, and to um, to start something different, mate, was a real... I was really scared, mate, I have to admit. I was really frightened about what was next, and I'm so glad I've just sort of, like, gone right oh, Just a bit like my same with my cricket. Um, yeah. was about, right oh, mate, well, get in there and back yourself and have a go, and if you don't, and if, it, and if you fall over, well, so be it, you know, and um, I've done this, mate, and I'm, I'm working for Bunzel, and I'm dealing with retail butchers, and let me tell you, um, they keep you honest. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, no, but you got a funny story too, haven't you, about one of the guys when you first went in there about yeah, cricket, did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, um, I went down to um, to Snug Butchery, and old Dacker down there, mate, he's, um, he's a beauty, and, and I've walked in, and not knowing full well that he knows who I am, but he, he obviously does, and I, I walk into the butcher shop, and yeah, it's my second day on the job, and anyway, he's got his big steak knife out. Usually, they just use the little boning knives, about six inch, you know, knives. You know, now I can sell those, Ollie. <laughs> but um, but I walk into this um, butcher shop, mate, and um, he's out there back, and he's he's sharpening it on this, you know, on on, on a steel, and he and he's mate, this thing's massive, and he obviously knows I'm coming in, and uh, I walk in, and I said, "G'day, mate. Um, you know, my name's Damien. Who? He goes, "Who are you?" 
I said, oh, Damien Wright is my name. I'm working for Buns. And he goes, ah, oh, right, you're a new bloke, are you? I said, yeah, mate, yeah, yeah, I'm a new bloke. And um, I don't really know too much about the products and stuff, but um, if you can just give me an order, mate, and get my trainer wheels on, he goes, give you an order? He said, mate, the only order I'll give you is if you stuff my orders up, mate. See this knife? It'll go missing straight inside you. <laughs> so, mate, I was, I, 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 from that moment, I just thought, well, these blokes are, they're straight shooters, they're honest blokes, they work bloody hard. Yeah. Um, as long as I can get the job right and whatever they order, deliver it, that's the right items, then I'm going to get looked after. But, um, yeah, mate, he was, it was a nice introduction, you know, as he was sharpening this 12-inch bloody steak knife. I, I thought, I, uh, what have I just walked into? What did you say about transitioning? Because tonight we just had you and George Coyley Griffo on a panel, and even George was saying he had, yeah. end of last year, he was going to decide whether he went into retirement. He basically said, Craig Frong, that he's sort of now going, what do I do in retirement? What, what's, the, what's the afterlife, let's call it afterlife of cricket, yeah. going to bring? And he said he's not scared, but he's, he, he's excited about what it is. Um, what advice can you give him? Yeah, look, for George, mate, he's, um, he's such a gifted bugger, mate. He could do anything, you know, and I think that's probably his biggest challenge. Um, my advice for him would be to just sit down and, and try and figure out what exactly you want to do, mate. Uh, he's like Tim, you know, they can, they can do anything, mate. They're just gifted. So he could be in, he could sort of run a radio station, he could get on air, he could actually do some interviews on telly, he could do whatever he wanted. But um, yeah, mate, look, uh, again, it's even he will be a little bit worried about what's next. And I think most people are, mate, because it's, it's such a huge part of your life for so long. And I mean, he talked about walking through the doors at Cricket Taz, I think he walked through about 2003 or something like that. Yeah. Um, and he's got his dream job, you know. Um, so now he's got to go, well, you know, usually you are peaking towards what you want to achieve in your life and he's already done it all, mate, you know. Yeah, he's an amazing, amazing. But so, yeah, what, what, what have you taken from your cricket coaching and your career playing to into business now? Like, because I, I think the one, one of the most underrated skills is probably leadership. Yeah. And I think, so what have you been able to do taking that into the workforce? Well, you know, what things have you learned from cricket coaching that you now bring into business? Yeah, look, I reckon um, it's funny. You, you use so many different aspects of your cricket life and what you've learnt in that in work. It's incredible. And you don't really realise that that's actually going to happen. You know, you, you think that this is, you know, this is a unique beast over here that you, you, you train and, you, you know, you're told what to eat, you, you know, all that sort of thing. Um, but it's funny enough, the things that you learn in there with having to deal with people and different personalities and whatever and whatnot, you got to do that in the workplace because yeah. if you're certainly in my new role, mate, as a, a sales rep for Bunzel, I'm going in and dealing with different personalities all the time. And um, I, I guess as a coach, mate, what, what I learned from that is you've got to get the best out of that person. So whatever that is or whatever his difficulties are, it's irrelevant to you, mate, whether you believe it or not. You've got to get him up and about. Yeah. You've got to get him playing the very best he can. And for a butcher, mate, it might be a Tuesday morning, mate, and the old order's gone wrong and he's got no meat that's come in or whatever, um, and he's an angry unit and he's holding the 12-inch steak knife. Um, you've got to be able to sort of say, mate, everything's going to be okay and what can I do for you? Whereas other days, mate, I can go in and see the same character um, and we could have a chat for about an hour and a half and I'll walk out with no order. Yeah. So, you know, but it's, I think what I've learnt, mate, is the fact that you've just got to be able to roll with the punches and you've got to be able to deal with people um, in all sorts of different circumstances. So cricket now, where's Wanda? So cricket now, what are you doing nowadays? I know you're still involved with the yeah, uni. What yeah. else? 
Um, I'm still involved with the university, yeah, and, I, and I've loved it, mate. It was um, when I got back from Bangladesh, I thought it was going to be that was that it was going to be it. You know, I thought I'll have a break from cricket and whatnot. Um, the university stuff has been outstanding. I've loved it because I've been able to dabble my toes in the water a little bit. Um, and everything was sort of really organised brilliantly um, and I could just sort of do, go in some areas of coaching where I wanted to. So I got a bit of love back for that. So um, I, I, this year I'm stepping up and doing the, the coaching role and um, without having to organise too many things other than just, you know, this is the game plan, this is how we want to play and um, it's, it's been great, mate. We've um, we've gone hard on the recruiting stuff. So coaching the, the club or yep. coaching yeah, yeah, the whole coaching club? Yeah, coaching the club. And, and I, I guess I wanted to say that I wanted to be um, club coach and not uh, first grade head coach or anything like that. I didn't want to have a title of head coach. I wanted to be club coach. And because I wanted to invest my time in, you know, the women's program, the third grade and second grade and first grade all the way. I didn't want to just, um, you know, say, right, oh, first grade is where it's at because then so many people at the club get neglected by that. And, you know, club championship for me is really important and it is for uni as well. And it should, and it should be that way for every club that's playing Premier Cricket at the moment. Um, you know, Kingborough's got a firm hold on that stuff at the moment and, and, and they've done it because of my good friend, Timmy Scott. Yeah. You know, he built a foundation down there and, you know, and it's still going. They're still winning it. So, um, I've, um, mate, I'm, I'm, I'm really keen to get into this year and see what, what, it, what happens, you know, and, and, and how we go. But, um, yeah, it's been terrific to sort of go back into that without too much stress, mate, to be honest. Yeah, so, finish up with so w- w- coaching-wise, w- where are you going to end up? So what, have you still got ambitions to coach at a higher level or you sort of moved on from that and gone, you want to do a career? Obviously, Mason, the kid's growing up a little bit and stuff. Do you want to concentrate on university and your work life or is there still ambitions burning to say I want to coach cricket at a higher level? Yeah, I'd, I'd love to say that I, I don't have ambitions, mate, but it's not in me, you know. Um, I think as a young 21-year-old kid that um, left home to come down to Tassie to, to play cricket, I was always ambitious it's about what I wanted to do and... I was always told that you know I was you know you're not good enough to make that or you're not good enough to do that. So I worked bloody hard to get it. But and that's something that you know I'm really proud of to be able to say that you know um, you know I achieved something that probably nobody else thought I would. Um, and coaching, mate, I'd never say never to it. And and Greg Shippard said that to me the day that I lost my job at, at Tassie. Um, is to give yourself time, digest it, and never say never. Never close the door, mate. And it's funny, um, my good friends just sat down here next to me, Don Baker, um, that, you know, you talk to people like that um, and they inspire you to sort of throw your hat in the ring. Um, so, mate, I, who knows? And, and that's probably the most exciting thing, Oldie, about what is next, you know. Um, we're talking about uh, a job in Afghanistan for all places. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Forget Bangladesh. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, he's, he's, um, he acts as my manager and he sort of goes, mate, I don't know about Kabul. Yeah. You know, we've I'd probably got to put a line in the sand somewhere. I'd find a new but, uh, manager if they're trying to send you <laughs> Afghanistan, yeah. mate. I said, yeah. But, but, uh, but mate, yeah, no, who knows, buddy? And that's probably one thing. At the moment, I'm, I'm really happy at the university club. And as you said, my young boy's playing there. And I'm loving being able to watch him develop and, 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 uh, and play some cricket. So who knows? Mate, it's always good to chat to you. We really appreciate the fact you come up to our foundation golf day. I know Dom dragged you along, as you said, he, <laughs> he managing stuff. But for those who know you really well, knows that there's no better person in, I think, Tasmanian sport, but Tasmania than what you are. You're a proud and passionate Tasmanian now. And I, I would hope that we don't lose you to a 
higher honours, let's call it, down the track. Because I think there's other sports, not only cricket, but I think there's other sports, hopefully, if Tasmania can get an AFL side, a basketball side, or whatever side it might be, I've got no doubts whatsoever that the skills and attributes that you hold should be and would be needed in those clubs. So, mate, I really wish you all the best of luck. Um, I enjoy catching up with you. Um, as I said, yeah. we're very lucky that Dom drags you along to our THA functions here and there. But um, as I said, I've, I've only had the pleasure of knowing you sort of four or five years, but I can honestly say that there's not a better person that I've ever met that has the passion. Um, I've seen the motivation you give to kids. My young stepson, Xavier, every time he sees you, goes, there's Ridey, <laughs> big smile comes on his face. I see Thanks, your son, Mason. The smile he brings, he's a happy young kid, and I just think you're a, you're a credit um, to everyone. And, yeah, I was one of the saddest people to see what happened to you, the Hurricanes, but I actually think the silver lining will be that it hasn't changed you as a person. I reckon you've got bigger and better things to come. So, thanks, mate, Aldi. just thanks very much for coming on. So we grabbed you at last minute, but I just want to say you've always been um, uh, a great friend of the THA and the hospitality industry, and um, who knows where we can end up getting you in a role with us one day. Yeah, cheers, mate. Thank you very much, buddy. The Tasmanian Hospitality Association Together, that, T-H-A-T, is a fundraising foundation that raises money to assist young Tasmanians and their families with vital assistance that's not able to be provided by government or through other means. Financial donations can be made via the THA website or a simple call to our office. We're here today at the THA Foundation Golf Day um, in beautiful Launceston at the Launceston Country Club Casino. And we're lucky enough to have with us uh, Matthew Richardson, the great ex-Tiger. Uh, and now, of course, media personality. How are you, Richard? Yeah, good, thanks, Tom. Great to be down here in Tassie, as always. And uh, I know you're a giver of your time uh, very freely to charity, um, and particularly in Tasmania. Uh, you like getting back down home? Yeah, I do. I think it's um, I think it's fantastic to come back down to Tassie as much as we can. And got my wife uh, on board now with Tassie. She loves it down here, so we like to get down a couple of times a year. Um, I'm from Devonport, so normally get up there once a year and down here for work a little bit with the footy, but uh, it's good to socialise down here as well. Yeah, it's been good to see the footy down here. The Kangaroos have had a pretty good run down here yep. uh, this year. Um, crowds weren't too bad. Uh, had a good win last week against Melbourne and the big Benny Brown, uh, who's become a, uh, a real crowd favourite down here in Tasmania, just missed out in the Coleman. Yeah, he was fantastic. I was at the game two weeks ago where he kicked 10, 10 goals. Yeah. and He only needs 10 or 11 kicks, Benny, and he'll kick 10 goals because he's such an accurate kick. And yeah, he's a great ambassador for footy in Tasmania now, Ben, a great person. And he does a lot of charity work. We're here for charity today. He does a lot of stuff in uh, Melbourne. I'm sure he's involved down here as well. But uh, there's a bit of momentum now as well for our own AFL team, I'm starting to think it's going to happen in the next, uh, you know, seven or eight years. There's a lot of work going into that. They've put together a really high-powered board of people uh, and, you know, that plan to extinguish the myths around why Tasmania yeah. didn't have a side, I think, is really going, growing some momentum. What's it feel like in, in Melbourne around a Tasmanian team? Well, it's it's what you're, what you're talking about. The momentum's there now and I think most of the, the big players in the media, like the Caroline Wilsons and, and people like this, when they talk about it now, they seem to talk like it's going to happen and, uh, you know, they've obviously got their finger on the pulse and they know a lot of high-powered people so uh, look I think it's now a matter of when really Tasmania gets a team. Yeah and I'm sure the state will embrace it. Uh, you're here today with the boys from Lyon they've yep. been great supporters of 
of the THA and great supporters of charities right across uh, Tasmania. You're still doing a bit of work with Lion? Yeah, do a little bit of ambassador work for Lion. So down here with, with them today and, and do some events for them in Melbourne. They, they get involved with the Spring Racing Carnival as well. So a little bit of stuff in, in uh, October and November with the racing. So yeah, it's great to have an involvement with Lion and, and you get to do different things like this today. Come down here and have a hit of golf and it's not just all footy, footy, footy. So really enjoying it. Thanks, Dom. Yeah, great. Wow, well, well, it is a great time for footy too, though. Um, Home and away season finished yeah. on the weekend. Uh, the Tigers got up with a with a win for their last, which was a, a thumping game and a great crowd for for a, an interstate side to draw seventy plus thousand yeah. to the MCG. That's a that's a massive crowd and a big sign for the finals. I think it was a record. It was a record crowd for an interstate team in Melbourne, seventy seven thousand at the G. So that that speaks volumes for the the Richmond supporters, but also the old um, Fitzroy, Fitzroy and Brisbane yeah. fans. I reckon there were probably fifteen to twenty thousand uh, Lions fans there when they made a bit of a run in the third quarter. There was actually a bit of noise. For them so it just shows you the amount of support they still have in Melbourne um, it's going to be a great final series Dom the, the first final in Perth may be the one that maybe potentially is, is a bit of a blowout the Eagles would be shattered they dropped that game to Hawthorne they missed out on the double chance and unfortunately Essendon might pay on the Thursday night in Perth the Friday night at the G I think it's a 50-50 game yeah. Collingwood are, are starting to find form again um, Geelong coming up to the MCG look They've been the best team most of the year. They had a little bit of a lapse there a month or so ago, but, you know, they've got so many superstars in their team. But I, I honestly think that one's 50-50. Saturday night in Brisbane, you know, that's 50-50. I think Brisbane will be four goals better up there, so that brings that one pretty close. And then the Dogs and, and the Giants, it's a fascinating game because the, the Giants struggled a little bit, but... You know, had a really good win in their last game. They get Cameron back from last time they played the Dogs, Finlayson. Um, you know, hopefully Hop, Hopper comes back into the midfield as well. Um, the I Dogs just, have that feel yeah, about the dogs, them, don't they? The, Again, it's like, it's like uh, the dogs, deja vu. The Dogs have momentum and, they've, as you say, they've got that hunger and yeah. and that real confidence. And they've under the radar. The yeah. last probably month they've just kept winning games yeah. and nobody's really given them a lot of... Well, I think everyone had done their ladder predictors and thought that'd fall short, but they're in. They're in and they're really dangerous. If they beat the Giants, you know, they can win the flag. So it's a fascinating series. Yeah. Uh, we're here today for the Hospitality Association, of course, and the foundation that they've got. Um, you've had a bit of experience in the hospitality industry. You, you and uh, the great man, uh, Brendan Gale, have owned a pub. Yeah. Before. Yeah, we did. I, I did you do any hours behind the jump there? Uh, I did a few times, yeah. We had the Waterside Hotel on the corner of King and Flinders, which was which was a great pub for the boys. Uh, Michael Gale was involved as well, the Gale boys. So a few others, Nick Rewell. Nathan Brown so that that was fun and we also had the Brighton Hotel we're not involved anymore uh, sold out in the last few years but I got I lived in Elwood Brighton's just around the corner uh, so I got behind the jump a few times Tom. I can yeah. pour a beer you can pour a beer yeah, yeah, good. I'm sure you did it responsibly uh, I did. Richo. Yeah. it's wonderful to have you here today mate Pleasure. wonderful to have you back in Tassie uh, but also supporting what is a fantastic charity for the Tasmanian community and it's always a pleasure to speak to you mate cheers good to be here and I just hope I don't lose 20 balls today like I normally do <laughs> like you did last time exactly cheers mate <laughs> have you participated in the THA great customer experience program this program is being pushed out across Tasmania with hundreds of venues already involved and being recognized for the great experience customers have in their venues the program is presented by hospitality professionals who understand your issues and provide basic skill sessions that will enable your staff to do their jobs better and your venue to prosper. 
The program is funded by government and every engagement is free to you, done at your venue, when and how you want it. Don't miss out. For more information, contact Stephen Long at the THA. As always, uh, next uh, next uh, conversations with our great man, Brendan Cashman from Tabcor. Cashy, welcome. G'day, Aldi. How are you? Good, mate. How's things? Uh, yeah, very good. Uh, busy, busy period. Starting yeah. to ramp up, which is great. Yeah, it's great. Great time of the year with AFL finals and different stuff about to happen. So, mate, tell us a little bit about this King of Spring promotion I've seen. Yeah, so it's pretty exciting, actually. So King of Spring promotion. Going to kick off on the 23rd of September and run uh, for, for two months. So run right across the, the spring carnival. Um, and how it works is, uh, you, once a customer opts in uh, to play, um, and it's the person who achieves the best return on investment for a single bet, um, is going to win the prize. And the prize is an absolute cracker. So the prize is what we call the Royal Tour, which is flight accommodation and tickets for two people to the Dubai World Cup <laughs> to go to then to Royal Ascot in the UK, uh, then to the Melbourne Cup, uh, and then they'll finish off with the Hong Kong International um, Race Meeting in Hong Kong Jeez. as well. So, um, yeah, it's a sensational prize. <laughs> that's and, that's um, awesome. Well worth the applause. Um, so yeah, it's great, and it's uh, it's it's going to be ran across um, Tasmania, South Australia, Northern Territory, and Queensland will, will compete for that prize, um, and we're going to promote it heavily across the market as well, with with venues being able to um, take on additional marketing support for it. Um, to help promote it in their venue. Mate, that's awesome. So everyone keep an ear out for the, or keep an eye out for the King of Spring promotion. So, uh, Cashy, also compliance is a major focus for all our venues. We know that. So I know Tabcor's got a new AML uh, training program out. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So we've, we've just launched the new training program um, at the start of this month. Um, and we've got venues uh, working furiously in the background to, to have that completed. And um, it, it's all automated, it's all online. Um, essentially, venues will have received uh, an email with login um, from Tabcorp and venue managers can then go in and register uh, their staff. Um, and then we've got 30 days for, for those staff to complete their training um, and it's all trackable and, and traceable from our online portal. It's quite simple to do. Uh, the training consists of uh, an online training course, which only takes up about 20 to 30 minutes of their time as well. So um, it's a great way for us to be able to monitor that um, and also a pretty seamless way to do it as well. So um, all venues, if you haven't received any emails or you haven't started that program, please please do so or, or talk to your wagering sales executive um, straight away. Mate, that's that's great. It's great to see the compliance work you guys do with the operators out there, which is great. So, and I've also heard a few venues talking about MyTab recently. What exactly is MyTab? So, MyTab is our online portal, which allows us to talk to venues on a daily basis. So, information like I've just discussed around the AML and CTF training program is fed through the portal. Um, we feed things through uh, under retail advice. Um, now, that might be when the um, when the network has an issue or it might be an update on um, live sports scheduling uh, in terms of who's playing in the US Open and, and at what time. Um, but it's our one-stop shop. And then it also allows our venues to be able to access data 
uh, in terms of their performance as well. So they can also get all their reports um, through there as well. So it, it becomes their one-stop shop, and it's, it's something that's been launched just over the last month or so, and um, very keen for all venues to, to get on and have a look and, and use it. That's fantastic. So is this how all venues know about offers that you guys got available through the MyTab? Or is there other, how, how else do they find out about it? Yeah, no, it's a good question. So um, obviously MyTab is one way of, of being able to access that information, but we also have a tab weekly update uh, that will go out to, to all venues. And, and that, that provides everybody with pretty much a, a snapshot of what's happening that week and what's happening in the network. So, um, for instance, the one that's about to go out uh, this week, we'll, we'll talk about our, our new brand um, and the Long May We Play campaign that's, that's being launched. Um, it'll also talk about the AML and CTF program, um, but it also maps out all the racing offers that are um, up and running for that week. Uh, and all the sports offers as well, and then any other generic information, um, such as you know we're going to talk about Sky Racing Two. So Sky Two uh, is going to become uh, upgraded to HD on the 24th of uh, September. So that's coming up. So they'll get a, they'll get an update on that as well. So um, very important for everybody to read that email. Uh, it comes every week. Um, if you're not receiving it, talk to your sales exec, but everybody should be getting it. Open it up, takes a couple of minutes to read, and, and you've got all the information at your disposal. That's great, mate. So what else is, what are the next big things happening over the next few months that Tab can talk about? I know it was just said AFL finals, spring race and carnival. What else, what are the other big things happening? Yeah, look, Ashes has been really strong for us. I mean, it, it's been awesome, the cricket. Um, I tried I to forget about that, mate, after the last one. <laughs> I still can't believe we got rolled in the last one. Um, but it's, it's coming on at a really favourable time. So it came, you know, the day's play starting at 8 o'clock at night um, certainly allows venues to maximise any of that nighttime traffic. Um, so we've still got two ashes to go through. Footy, AFL footy finals, um, really important for venues to understand the cycle. So the first week they're going to gonna have four finals and then there's two um, the following week and then two preliminaries and then you go into the grand final. So... Yeah, there's only nine games of footy, footy left. Um, and the big week, really, is the, is the first week where you've got a lot of games happening. And then, obviously, the prelims and the grand final are quite big. Um, the other one, World Cup Rugby. So that's coming up, and that's in Japan. So, again, similar with the cricket, favourable times. A lot of the games are going to start at 7 o'clock, 7.30 at night, which is awesome. Um, the Spring Carnival, which is a whole bigger piece. Uh, obviously, we're all getting behind Mystic Journey, and hopefully... Um, her, her trip to the Cox Plate is a successful one. Um, from a US sports perspective, it starts to heat up as well. So you've got the NFL season starting. Um, we're moving into the playoffs for Major League Baseball. Um, and then the big one is the NBA season starting. So the date for that is October 22nd. So that's just around the corner. Um, and with what has been the biggest trade period I think that the NBA's ever had. Uh, it's going to be massive. a pretty exciting season. No, it has been massive. And also we've got the Basketball World Cup too uh, coming up in the next week or two. That starts as well, which uh, which should be uh, pretty big, I would have thought. Maybe, I don't know, from a punting perspective, but I'll certainly be watching it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it will be interesting to see how it goes because basketball's grown uh, so much over the last few years and to see how the next international tournament goes uh, will be really interesting from a, a punting perspective. Um, you went to the, I know you went to the uh, to the game in Melbourne. Uh, I, I went as well. I thought it was amazing. I thought it was a great 
great experience. Yeah, no, I was a guest of Tabcor with my stepson, Zave. We uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. We went to the Thursday night game, so I had to watch the uh, Australians beat them on the Saturday at home, but it was a fantastic experience to be there, and I heard the Saturday game was even better, so um, it was fantastic. So I'd be interested to now see how the Boomers go in the World Cup. There's obviously high expectations, but hopefully from a betting perspective, you guys do well as well. So, um, yeah, it's been great. So, mate plenty on from Tabcor's point of view at the moment obviously so it's going to be another big few months so we look forward in the next couple of weeks to get you on the next episode but as always it's good to have a chat to you Cashy. Yeah fantastic good to speak and um, yeah I think next time we're on we'll, we'll really start to dig deep into the up- upcoming spring carnival and um, some of the other issues and promotions that are going to flow out of that which will be really exciting. That's uh, good so big uh, big next couple of episodes chatting to you about all the exciting things happening mate so we'll talk in another fortnight and we'll probably be talking Brownlow medal uh, we'll talk the Ashes again we'll talk a bit about Basketball World Cup mate you'll all be happening so I look forward to chatting to you. <laughs> awesome thanks Aldi. Good on you mate. What's the point of difference for your hospitality business? The THA. Why? One of the most sought after services the THA offers is our expert employment relations advice. This service we provide free to all of our members online, over the phone and in person. We have three main goals, to be timely, proactive and value adding to you and your business. Visit tha.asn.au to find out more. Right, Maury here from Clubs Taz. We're at the uh, wonderful facility here, Country Club Villas and Casino, and we're with Dominic Baker. And Bakes, tell us a little bit about uh, your fabulous facility you've got here. Magnificent for a golf day, mate, that's for sure. Um, the course is in terrific order. Uh, we'll have a good function tonight. Got a lot of people staying over, and uh, it's great to have our friends from the hospitality industry up here today. And tell us a little bit about why um, you would uh, put the venue up to help with fantastic calls like we've got today. Oh, look, I think the foundation's so important to, uh, to the THA. You know, the hospitality industry makes a lot of money out of the Tasmanian community, uh, and it's important that we uh, really make an effort to give something back. Uh, we're looking at a couple of really key partnerships coming up shortly um, with uh, organisations that will work with uh, affected youth, which I think is a fantastic cause for uh, Tasmanian hospitality to be involved in. Uh, so it, it, it's, you know, for mine, it's something that we should do naturally. We're a naturally giving organisation um, and it's a great place to work from that perspective. You know, the hospitality industry is always... Uh, been synonymous with, with giving back to the community and this is just another great way for us to do that. Alright, well uh, on behalf of the THA we're really appreciative of you as I said being part of today and, and we're grateful for, for all of the, the connections that we're able to have um, as part of the, that Foundation Charity Golf Day. Thanks, Thanks Dominic. Maury, and I tell you what, we're going beautifully at the moment so don't be surprised if you're going to handle the chocolates at the end of the day. Okay, thanks. Cheers mate. G'day, Maury here from uh, Clubs Taz. We're at the That Foundation Charity Golf Day here at the wonderful um, Country Club Casino in Launceston and I've got um, Riley with me. Riley, tell me a little bit about your golf team today. Who's on it? Mate, I've got Tim Coyle, the uh, former coach of the Tasmanian Tigers. I've got George Bailey, uh, current player at the moment with a funny stance, um, and Dominic Baker, the main man. And so we're, um, we've had a wonderful day. It's been fantastic. And Playing some good golf as well, which has been handy. Righto, so you've got one superstar and three cricketers on your team. Yeah. Tell us who's been the best contributor so far today. <laughs> well, I've got to say Dominic Baker because I uh, I quite enjoy these events and I keep getting tickets to them. So uh, I, he told me early on that I had to give him uh, plenty of um, you know rev-ups and stuff like that. So, uh, no, he's been awesome, mate. Right. He, he's held us together today. That's good. Now, tell me, how many holes you played? You were on the ninth. 
I think it's uh, 12, 13. This is where we thought we were going to fall off a bit here, about the 12th or 13th mark. None of us have played uh, for a while. So, uh, yeah, I think there's uh, there's probably this is going to be the big test the next right. couple. I'm going to give you. I'm going to put the coach's hat on you, and yep. you're going to give the three boys a rev up. What are you going to say to them? You've got 30 seconds to give them a, a pre-match address for the last six holes. Well, it's been just pretty simple, actually. It's just know your role today. Just know your role and do it and play it. And we've we've kept our batting order the same. Uh, and I think that's been the key, really. We've had um, at times pretty rough starts, but um, and then somebody else has picked it up. So unlike the Australians the other night, we've been uh, somebody's been able to step up. And uh, we've done that very well today. All right, 35 seconds, Brighty, but thanks for thanks taking some time to share with Cheers, us today. Sir. All right, yeah, good day. Look, it's Maura here from Clubs Tazra on the ninth green with George Bailey, local Launceston lad. Tell us about uh, what you've been up to, George. I've, I've been on a golf trip, actually, in Canada. Um, and unfortunately, there was some cricket there as well, which really got in the way of my golf trip. But uh, found, a, found a new passion. Play a lot of golf when you're away from your kids, don't you? So it was uh, good, good fun. And tell us, um, how important is it for you to um, to give back to the community, like in a charity golf day, like we're putting on today for the, that foundation? Great days. Uh, absolutely love playing them. Um, see a lot of old faces, familiar faces, friendly faces that you've known over the years. Uh, great cause. This one in particular, you know, I think working with yous and and, and what this foundation's um, got planned in the future is really really exciting. Uh, so yeah, fantastic. Looking forward to tonight as well. All right. And I can't let you go without asking a little bit about cricket. But personally, first of all, yourself, what what's in store for you and your cricket in the upcoming? season uh good question not uh not entirely sure i did see the head coach here somewhere as well he's he's playing um so i might try and catch him for a beer this afternoon and uh, and find out what he's got in store i uh yeah i don't have too much left so it's very much about enjoying uh every every day and you know, of play that i've got left uh and i wouldn't mind one more trophy to go with that well, i reckon well there you go there's a bit of a scoop for us at the uh, that foundation charity golf day i think you just heard that uh, george bailey might be playing on so all right Thanks for spending some time with us, George. Pleasure. Well, Ryan, that's a wrap on episode 14, mate. And we, as we always say, who would have thought we'd get 14 episodes out? 14, mate. 14. Four, no, actually, did um, did uh, who said that about Lance Franklin kicking 14 goals? Uh, uh, hello, Anthony hello. Hudson. 14. 14. 14. <laughs> Absolutely. Was it 13? Yeah, okay. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, it's been a great night. We've had a bit of fun. Uh, we've just finished up with the sports panel. Uh, Dom's just done the sports panel, which is another cracker. Of a, Dom is one of the best MCs you'll get of these events. He's Mate, done a great. fantastic job. Yep. Uh, Jessica Gallagher, um, Paralympian, fantastic. The cricketers who were just brilliant. Everyone loved it. The night's still going. We've still got a... Um, I think the raffle's about to go, and there's a few... Uh, more conversations that people need to have around. So, but once again, we just want to thank our corporate partners to Lion, Coca-Cola, CUB and Treasury Wine, a big thank you. To Tassel, a massive thank you. And to PFD, a massive thank you. To Kylie Baxter and Tom McGinn. Without those two on the foundation and the assistance they provide us with with um, with the salmon and also PFD with just whatever we need, Tom McGinn is just fantastic. He's donated some Collingwood jumpers tonight, a Richmond Premiership jumper from previous. Without Tommy, we just want to say a big thanks to him and Kylie. They've been absolutely fantastic supporters of the foundation for a long time and to the um, brewery guys just thank you mate they've been fantastic mate one thing i've got to say um so jess gallagher i didn't know much about her before she hit the stage um tonight so she has got 90 percent impairment of vision and the vision that we i know that sounds silly but the vision that we saw that she put up in a presentation was unbelievable her coming down um, Downhill skiing in the Olympics, the Winter Olympics. Doing 110 k's, yep. and she's following someone in a furrow top 
with an earpiece saying turn left, turn right. How amazing is that talent? Well, for those that didn't obviously see it, they're listening, but they would have seen it as we had it up on the screen where you could actually see where it was taped with the vision that she... She basically showed us the vision yeah. she gets doing it. As you said, at 110 clicks an hour, down in the snow, she's won a medal, she's won it in... She's the only Paralympian to win a Summer and Winter Olympics medals. And now she's just told us tonight as a bit of an exclusive that she's got yeah. to swap sports. Um... As you do, if you're an Olympian, you do one sport and then you just go, I can't do that one anymore because I can't find someone to guide me in the sports. So now she's just going to change sports and go again. So, Aldi, what, what do you reckon she'd do? We know what she'd do. What, 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 the people listening to this podcast, I mean, she's, she's talking about what she would do. Tell them. Do you want me to announce? <laughs> well, she's there now. She's going to do rowing, which is... So she's gone from downhill it's screen. Amazing. She's done cycling. Now she's going to do rowing. And as she said, she couldn't find a guide to, to take her anymore. Yeah. So basically, what, she, what does she have to do? Most people, I think she'd be about 34, I think she said, would say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll retire. No, she just goes, well, I'll pick another sport. I'm going to Japan. I'm going to do another sport. Now she's going to do rowing. So she is an unbelievable athlete. She's an unbelievable human being. To listen to her speak, she was at the start of the night. I think there was a bit of a, our oh, first speaker, what's this going to be about? Mate, there inspiration. Was Total silence. Yep. Everyone just sitting there listening to her. Um, she was on the sports panel as well. She held her own there. She was fantastic. And I'm, I mean, look at George Bailey. George Bailey just said, well, I've got to ask you a couple of questions. Yeah. George was in awe of um, her capabilities and what she'd done and the fact she was going to swap sports. So George, probably one of Tasmania's greatest ever athletes, um, couldn't have been more complimentary. And as I said, she was just a fantastic asset to tonight's tonight's events and the cricketers we had here as I said to, to Griffo to Coyley to Ridey and to George Bailey and to yep. Don Baker massive thanks for helping our foundation out yep. they, they were fantastic yep. um, as I said it's been a cracking day mate hopefully we haven't tallied up the raffle yet they're doing the raffle as you and me do this but hopefully we're going to get over the 25 to 30 grand mark which is going to all go to helping kids and family in Tasmania um, we couldn't have done it without the great support of our partners but also the members who are tonight so a big thanks mate another, another, another big thanks probably needs go to Chris Simons. So Chris is the chairman of um, of the foundation. Uh, he's the one that's that's worked tirelessly on this golf day. He's done a ripper of a job. He's brought people together. Um, it's it's been sensational. And Lan, Lan's done a power of work. My PA Lan, who's yeah, done correct. a lot of work as well. We've also had a few staff up here, so Maury and stuff. I mean, well, let's, I'm not sure we can credit Maury. I think he broke down a. <laughs> He broke down the drinks card about half hour in the golf day. So I'm thinking, actually, Maury is probably yeah. one of the most hated people out there. We delete that. He's probably one of the most hated people out there today, Maury. Uh, and we also had David Cawthorn and um, and a few other guys helping us out. Shep from ALM, thank yeah. you to them. We had the um, John's sponsored um, mini that was out there, the John's group. So didn't go off. No, thank you to James Johns for sponsoring the mini on the hole in one. Um, I was pretty close. Um, if you call hitting a tree right near the road, close. I uh, didn't quite get the rebound I wanted, but uh, yeah, no, the mini was safe. Or well, probably closer I was going to do to hitting the mini than hitting the <laughs> hole. But the the car is safe for this year. But thanks to Johnsy, um, we really appreciate the fact he put it on the line for us. No one actually got it, but uh, there were some close shots, close to the nearest of the pin on a few of the holes. So it's been a great day, as I said, mate. We've raised a lot of money. A big thank you to everyone for supporting it. Um, episode fifteen, we haven't decided yet, Ryan. So I think we've done fourteen on the fly. We've put a little bit of effort in and we've put a bit of planning. We buggered up the awards one the other week, let's be honest. We had great intentions of doing interviews. Yeah. We've been dragged out to do this one tonight. Um, yeah. Episode 15, we're going to get a bit of planning going. But to get 14 episodes unplanned and yep. 5,000 subscribers, mate, what could we do if we actually plan some of this? Well, exactly right, Aldi. I mean, to be honest, episode 12, look, I'll be the one. I'll put my hand up. Uh, I probably should have um, come and grabbed that glass off you so we could actually do a couple of interviews but uh, I didn't so I'll take responsibility and I do deeply apologise to Beetle Black 
for for that. Um, the other thing we need to do is this wouldn't be possible without the support of Tab Court. Once again, it's been a ripper of um, of an episode up here. It's it's been Tab Corp's been out with a with a crew. They've supported us. So once again, we thank them and all their support that they do. Th- not only with this podcast, but with their foundation and, and everything else that they do with us throughout the year. Now the fantastic supporters. So that's a wrap for this episode. The next one uh, we're going to plan out. I've got the national podcast I've got to do on the Gold Coast in a couple of weeks. Gold Coast. Yeah, sorry, Russ. That's the national one I do by myself, mate. That's rating really well, to be honest. Anyway, you and me can talk about that later. But uh, I've got to go up to the Gold Coast. Can't remember if I booked your tickets yet. Anyway, if I've missed that for you, Rones, I'll probably see you when I get back, mate. But I've got a busy couple of days up on the Gold Coast with the national podcast I do for Tourism and Osprey Talking Points. It's actually, as I said, really flying. There's been some great feedback about the fact that um, they get to hear my voice a lot more and I don't get interrupted by other people. So I see what's going on here. Yeah, hopefully you can stay tuned for that one. So, But again, Tabcore sponsor that. So a big thank you to Tabcore Rones, and I'll see you on the Gold Coast. Gold Coast. Hospitality in our community is proudly brought to you by the Tasmanian Hospitality Association and produced by Beetle Black Media. Remember to subscribe, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and share your favourite episodes with friends. See you next time.